Show 201, Dave. We made it. It's exciting. Yes, we're still on the air, Walkie. We're still on the air. We're going to talk Jimmy Graham tonight. We're going to talk Andre Johnson. We're going to talk uh, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, a lot more. And Aaron Berg is going to join us. All right. Should I make the John Houseman joke from Seinfeld? Yeah, go ahead. You've got a, he's got a great John Houseman name, Mr. Berg. <laughs> Did you hand in your assignment, Mr. Berg? Nice. Seinfeld out. All right, Rob, go ahead and start it. You want to see my girl? I'm that dumb. You want to see my girl? Check Maxim. Man, why does every black actor got to rap some? I don't know. All I know is I'm the best one. It's a car fire. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you mug to talk about. It's a car fire. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you mug to talk about. You know these rapper talk, talk, start killing. That got boomed like an arch villain. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Oh, my cousin, now he can't even think straight. Black and white music, now that's a mixtape. Thanks a lot, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this October 9th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Snickers. You can win NFL season tickets plus thousands of Xbox One instant win prizes when you enter the Snickers NFL game and sweepstakes at Facebook.com slash Snickers. Remember, you're not you when you're hungry, but Snickers satisfies. Enter the sweepstakes now at Facebook.com slash Snickers. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics, all the Gerzakin addicts in the chat room listening around the world. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. And my co-host is the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, are there any little-owned Washington or Chicago pass catchers you should have on your roster this week? Plus more of our world-renowned HSFFHFFPCDFSFCFDLA segment. Nice. And second place in the FPC, Aaron Berg joins us to talk shop about Doriel Green Beckham, the Bills running backs, and much, much more you than know, that. I think Greg at NFFC is really jealous about how awesome our long, I think, super initialed out name is. So much for his DC draft champions thing. It's not as good, not as long. Yeah, ours is much, ours is longer. Dave, I don't want to brag about what a big wig I've become in the industry. No, tell me. But I've made a few friends. Have you? Some of them play over at uh, NFFC. Oh, yeah? And the word around there is Greg is already putting together a championship <laughs> that is going to have more letters than I, our segment. Uh, you know what? I'll be, I'll be pretty upset. He it's, said, he's like, I can't Royal. believe those guys. He's like, those guys, it's not even a championship. It's not even a contest. It's just a segment on their crappy little podcast. And apparently when he heard that, he's like, well, I'm, I think he's actually going to be, he's working on adding more letters to the alphabet <laughs> just so he can have more of them. In a, in a championship. So, you know, we'll stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Shout out to the chat room right now. We have a lot of people in there. Good to see uh, so many familiar faces and a few new ones. Two Packer, Billy Joe, 166, Brothers Mayhem, Henry Mudo, Jay Berg, Mint Been Jammed Up, Rednecks One, Wayne, 8348, Electric Relish, and of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob is in there as mutual friend Rob. Shout out to Jay Berg this week, Dave. Speaking of that alphabet segment we have coming up, Yes. Jay took third place in the FFPC uh, DFS contest this oh, past so, week. He, so he's the one who screwed me? He screwed you out of, a, out of uh, being in the Week 12 final. I took fourth. 
you took fourth this week, and uh, you, Jay, Jay finished in third. So, yeah. so congrats to him. I, by the way, I took fourth out of like ten lineups. I'm sure I had a lineup that was like three hundred. So I, I feel I had like a bunch of crap ones. You you had, you had another one up there, like I, in yeah, like tenth or eleventh or yeah. something like that too. One of them was so pretty good. you did very well. I did not I did do it so well. I know. Uh, so anyway, if you guys have any uh, questions for myself or Dave or Aaron Berg, definitely post them in the uh, in the chat room right now. You can connect with us. Uh, can connect with us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman at David Gerzak. Aaron Berg is on Twitter at das underscore. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the high stakes fantasy football hour. You want to chime in and give us a call tonight three four seven four two six thirty six eighty two. That's three four seven game oba. Uh, you can also email the show at the FedEx inbox at highstakesfantasyfootballgmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will get all those questions to us during the show tonight. And as a preview, uh, I don't know because we've been doing this segment, the alphabet segment at the end, we haven't been able to get to very many emails. So we'll do our best to get to them tonight, but no promises. That's right. I got to dig up my lineup. And uh, go ahead and blame Rob if uh, right. we don't get to him. Well, you know, if you just got rid of that minute, two minutes of the social media crap right there. The, People, this the is, listen, the, the, the kids are crazy about social media. And yeah, if there's, exactly. we don't have any kids. And if there's, one, if there's one group that rivals the kids about being on Twitter and, and the Instagram and the Facebook and all that, it's high-stakes fantasy football oh, players yeah. that listen to this show. Sure, sure. All seven of them all are, are all about social media. They're so all with it. I feel like we need to serve them. Um, should we talk a little football? Please. Speaking of uh, what Jay Berg took uh, third place in this weekend, we have another one. It's the Week 5 uh, FFPC Daily Fantasy Championship going on at FanDuel.com. Uh, you can check your email inbox today. I sent you an email with the link to it. You can also check out our Twitter feed. It's posted on there. Uh, sign up, $25. You get to play for $13,000 in prizes, an FFPC main event entry, and three people will go to the Week 12 final featuring $25,000 in additional prizes. Very exciting. I finished in the top 10 once, so it can be done, people. Nice. And I, I was like 30-something the other time, and last week, 300 seconds. So looking yeah. to build on that. <laughs> Speaking of looking to build on that, Dave, you know who is uh, looking to build on uh, a lackluster performance last week? Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls. Uh, he's going to be getting the start again uh, this uh, coming week uh, for the Seahawks in the backfield because, according to Field Yates on Twitter, the Seahawks have ruled out Marshawn Lynch because of a calf and hamstring uh, injury for Week 5 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Fred Jackson, now, this report says he's also out. Is that official? I thought he was still questionable. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's been ruled out officially yet. But in any event, Thomas Rawls He'll be out. going to start, going to get the lion's share of the carries. Uh, Derek Coleman apparently going to be uh, their fullback, going to be mixing in for some snaps there. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Thomas Rawls, a lot of people picked him up last week for the Monday night game, and they started him uh, if they had Lynch. Or some kid, I played a guy in Kentucky who didn't have Lynch and played Rawls. Kind of underwhelming. Are you are you at all um, interested in playing him this week on the road against Cincinnati? No, if I again depends on the choices, but I, I'm not really excited about it. No, I'd, I'd rather have other better options. I mean, I don't even know if he's a top 35 guy for me this week. I mean, he's got to be in the top 35. He's a starting tailback for a, um, a playoff caliber team. But he, the I mean, over under in that game is still in the mid 40s. So. Did he catch any passes last week? I don't remember him catching any passes. I, you know, I don't recall. I, I know. I, we were, we, we told you there would be no math tonight. Yeah. Anyway, so the thing is, with Rawls, I would look for a better option. But, again, I was on the Fantasy Sports Network uh, this past week, and we were talking oh, really? about – Yeah, we were talking about Corey Erdman was, was the host. And uh, we were talking about the running backs that are on by this week. You have no Chris Ivory, no Jonathan Stewart, 
no Adrian Peterson, no Lamar Miller. There's some teams that are pretty hard up for running backs this week, so you might have to play Rawls. I'm with you. Not very excited about it, though. Yeah, you can throw him in there and just see what happens. If that's all you can really hope for. Is this the death of Marshawn Lynch? Are we finally seeing him breaking down now? I mean, is, is this – or am I just being overdramatic? No, I think that – I mean, he's getting old. And uh, I, I imagine he'll come back, though, and he'll be fine the last, you know, eight to ten weeks of the season. Rob is telling us that he also saw Fred uh, Fred Jackson was listed as out today. Now he read – He's expected to play. And Mudo confirmed it. All right. There you go. Well, that's the thing is, FJX is a really solid pass blocker and, you know, third pass catcher, back. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Andre Johnson, Dave, speaking of guys that are back from the dead. Yeah, back from the dead. Uh, caught six of his seven targets last night for 77 yards and two touchdowns in the win over the Texans last night. More than doubled his 2015 output uh, in the first four weeks against his former team. So, okay, he was out there ahead of Dante Moncrief by like, I think he outsnapped him 42 to 40. Um, or excuse me, Moncrief outsnapped him 42 to 40. I, I could be wrong on that, but I, I thought I remember seeing that uh, sometime today. Okay. What are we doing with Andre Johnson now? Because as I pointed out in the group text, I couldn't believe somebody dropped him in one of my Kentucky leagues and two Packers said he was available in nine of my 17 leagues. Oh, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, you know, with him and along with like Roddy White, and we'll see what Roddy White does, does this weekend. But those players, I think you just need more data. I think you, you know, if you you can pick them up, if you have them, you keep them, and you keep them on your bench, and just kind of see how the season plays out yeah. a more. I mean, the Colts have really struggled already. They play the Patriots next week. Uh, that that'll be a really high scoring game, assuming that Luck is back. He's got you know ten days to rest. But at that, I, I still don't think you're throwing Andre Johnson into the mix, even in, in a high scoring game against the Patriots. See, point. I think I might then. Because New England no, secondary isn't that great. No, it's not that great. But, but I, you you wouldn't have cut him, though. I mean, no, he I should be him. rostered in every league. No, I would not have cut him. I wouldn't have drafted him in the third round, which is where he was going. Right, but, okay, so now you have the opportunity to pick him up. If he's out there on your waiver wire, I mean, you there's got to be somebody on a 20-man roster that you can find that is – that cuttable for Andre Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so and that's what I'm doing. I'm checking so how much, all – How much you bidding for him, Balky? I don't know. That's That's a great question. And, you know, if you need, if you really need a receiver, I, I could see bidding in the 250 or 300 range. Well, I'm t- what about percentage of your? Well, 25 percent. See, I was, th- and, but, and, that, but that would mean, but again, you can't for sure count on it. I mean, you just don't know. So. But if you need a receiver, I mean, I, I would pump it up to like 45 or 50. I mean, 40, 40 snaps really not that great, just by the way. No, it's not. But he okay. got a ton of passes. Oh, you know, the other thing that we're forgetting, this is Matt Hasselbeck throwing to him too. Right. So Maybe what's going to happen when Andrew Luck comes back? Yeah, hey, doesn't like him. Well, I don't. I think that's going a little. Do we have? Is I don't know if Andrew Luck is married or or what have you. But do we have? An, I sure hope not. With that stupid. Beard. Do we have an incidence of of this weird love triangle, this bisexual love triangle that we had with Jimmy Graham and no, Drew Brees? That was obviously just Jimmy Graham. So look on the internet and look at some pictures of Jimmy Graham. There's like pictures of him with his, you know, blondish hair, and right. like the stars and moon behind him, and then listen to him talk. I mean, yeah. it's fine. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Enjoy, enjoy your time in Seattle. What? Yes, whatever. We're we're gonna move on past that very you, fast. You brought it up, all of you. Yeah, I was I was just asking because you're you're much more in, in tune with that circle of the NFL of of what yeah, these players I, are I doing. Check out what all those guys are up to. I'm uh, time. Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune says it looks like Alshon Jeffrey is gonna miss his fourth straight game this week. They're supposed to play, or that Bears are playing Kansas City. Jeffrey was supposed to play him, and he did practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday, Thursday did not practice today, which is, I mean, he wasn't officially downgraded. He's still questionable. And John Fox does not like to give out uh, injury information at all. So we really don't know what's going to happen with them. 
for me, I have him in one league in my my undefeated Kentucky league against John Duckworth this week. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be benching Alshon Jeffrey oh, uh, in that in that league. I'm not planning on on playing him at all. Long term, are you worried about Alshon Jeffrey for the rest of the season? Is this something that's going to linger? I mean, because if it is, I get guys like Marcus Wilson. Eddie Royal probably is already rostered in most leagues, but guys like Marcos Wilson, he has to be rostered in every league now. Yeah, he should be. I mean, Jeffrey does concern me. I mean, he's had a really rough start to the season, and the hamstring, that's just a bad injury. So I, I, it does concern me that he's going to be just be a monumental bust for the rest of the season. I mean, he will probably eventually come back, but then he's got the chance of re-injuring it. Right. You know, like Deshaun Jackson's another guy. It's like, oh, it's just like it's a mess having that guy in your roster. Yeah, I, he's the type of guy I'd like to cut, actually, is Deshaun Jackson if I own him anymore. I really don't want him that much. Let me ask you something about Jeffrey. If he's listed as a game time decision and he's listed as active, I mean, I know you're going to tell Jeffrey, me. Jeffrey's already out, right? No, no, not this week. I'm talking about okay. future weeks. He okay. is listed as out this week. But what I'm saying is if you own him, and you're going to tell me it depends upon your other options, but if he is listed as a game time decision and he's active, are you playing him right away? Well, maybe. I mean, if, if you put him in practice on Thursday, I'm playing, but if he didn't. If, he, if he's one of those things where – he didn't practice all week, and then Saturday he did a walkthrough, and then they're going to play him, and that probably wouldn't have That screams decoy, right? Yeah, like that screams yeah. like he's going to run like 20 or 30 routes and not catch any passes, and you're going to get screwed. Speaking of getting screwed, how about those fantasy owners of Sammy Watkins week one? Put up a donut. Yeah, you know, that's uh, Kurt, Kurt, our buddy. Kurt has a lot of Watkins. Yeah, uh, including he was the – advocating for Watkins all over Kentucky. Including the auction team I co-own with Kurt, <laughs> where Sammy Watkins put up a zero – and then, of course, well, we didn't bench him week two, but I'm sure there was a certain number of teams that benched him for week two. And he had a good week. Six for 60 and a touchdown. Yeah. And now he's been hurt. Yep. And Sammy Watkins, I mean, this, listen, if you had any doubt, if you, came, if you tuned into the show tonight to, to hear what we had to say about Watkins, here, here's the quote I'm going to read for Watkins. You tell me if he's playing or not this week. This is a direct quote from Sammy Watkins. I don't know whether I'm going to play or not, but if it's an emergency – if I need to play, I think I'll play. I mean, why even list him as questionable? Just yeah, list yeah. him it out and move on. So this in, is one of those things where you, you know those those talking heads on the Sunday morning shows like just go crazy. Like Michael Irvin, man, he's not a man. Blah yeah. blah blah. You know, just go off for twelve minutes, and then and then they'll go to a commercial for uh, a bunch of DFS stuff for three and a half <laughs> minutes of nothing but DFS commercials, and then come back like. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris Berman. Now it's part two of Sammy Watkins. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Key, hey, Key, what do you think about that? Man, that's crazy. What about uh, Coach? Coach, uh, Coach Dicker, what do you think? I mean, that's insane. This guy's crazy. I mean, why would he say something like that? You know? And, th- and this and th- that's, great. And that's cool. Sunday morning. And, and now let's do our, and then like, our FanDuel Live. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Seriously, sponsored so, by FanDuel. So the thing is, I own Watkins, obviously, in that Kentucky auction, and our receivers are really depleted there. Um, if we didn't play Watkins, our other choices were like Brian Quick, Devontae Adams. So what I did was I put in a Ooh. bid. Yeah, I put in a bid on several different receivers tonight, um, just for a dollar, you know, mm-hmm. just to pick. Set. And I think the top dollar one I had was like Ty Montgomery or something, who was mm-hmm. like the best available. But the guy I put above that for two bucks, Robert Woods. What about, so if, um, if you still have the opportunity, what about Jameson Crowder actually yeah, for Washington? Yeah, because I because Okay, so th- that was a and Jordan Reed. We're actually, I think, do we have Crowder? I mean, he's a good he's a good receiver back in college. You know what? I think we might be talking. Maybe we not. I, God, I thought I, I thought I Rob, did you put something? I thought we had something in here with about Jordan Reed and, and Pierre Garcon about. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. Anyway. You should have picked up Crowder. So I think he's in there as well. But I got Robert Woods, and now and it's a noon game, so I'll just look at it. If, if he's out, yeah. then put in Woods. If he plays, then put in Watkins. Yeah, Derek Carrier was a guy you had mentioned to me, too. He was kind of a sneaky uh, Friday night yeah. waiver pick. But, you know, and I kind of poo-pooed. I'm like, don't pick up Derek Carrier. That's a good pickup. You know who my starting tight end is this week? Carrier. Uh, yeah. Derek Carrier. Nice move. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, we have Aaron Berg coming up in just a minute. And you know what? Now I look at the rundown. I, I are stupid, Rob, because uh, this is our uh, Washington uh, oh, news. We just talked about it. DJX ruled out Jordan Reed out. Jameson Crowder and Ryan Grant are the guys who are going to be filling in for targets. You obviously like Crowder over Ryan Grant then. Yeah, I do. Crowder was really, like, I really liked him a lot in college. He was just a small dude, like 5'8", 190, something like that. Yeah, small. And, and he's a Duke guy, so he's yeah. smart. Yeah, he is smart. He, you know, he was like the only guy they threw to at Duke for like two seasons. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And uh, the only guy we're going to talk to on this show tonight, allegedly, is uh, coming up right now. Let me introduce uh, tonight's guest. He started playing fantasy football in middle school circa 1989 and jumped into high-stakes fantasy football in 2013 with an FFPC main event entry and a few Football Guys Players Championship entries. Currently, he has three dynasty teams at the FFPC at the $500 level, the $750 level, and the $1,250 level. This year, he has one main event entry and four Football Guys Players Championship teams. Has not hit any big wins yet, but he hopes this could be the year, and it certainly could, given right now, heading into week five, he is in second place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the show Aaron Berg. Mr. Berg, welcome. Gentlemen. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Very exciting to have you. You know, we, we were talking a little bit off the air. You you actually live out on the West Coast, but you're originally from Wisconsin, and you're in Wisconsin this weekend. Well, I, I'm not. I got an update. Uh, my brother was supposed to get married, and uh, I don't know if he worked himself too hard or what, but he got pneumonia this week, and he had to cancel his wedding. Imagine that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that sucks. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, this isn't some sort of, like, you know, way to get out of the wedding where he just made up pneumonia, right? What can we fake? I, I mean, <laughs> I, was, I wondered that. I wondered that, but I didn't want to suggest that to him. You know, I, I don't know. We'll keep it between us. All right. Well, fine. But that, that's okay. You're, you're still joining the show tonight, uh, you know, from the West Coast over uh, in Oregon, I believe. Oregon? Yep. Yep. Portland, okay. Oregon. Uh, and, so, and I, am, I am from Wisco. That's correct. So now, are you from River Falls? Is that where you're from? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in River Falls. Okay, very cool. Now, Dave, maybe you don't realize this, but uh, the University of Wisconsin River Falls is in the same uh, athletic conference as our alma mater, University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Yeah, why wouldn't I realize that? I don't know because I don't. Did you even pay attention to sports when you're in college? No, but nevertheless, there you go. That's why you wouldn't know. I know that they're all all the dumpy schools that aren't Madison. Well, you, and Milwaukee. UW Parkside's not in the WEAC. Well, I mean, okay, fine. I didn't know that Parkside was. Yeah, Parkside's I, is that an all-girls school. No, it's not an all-girls <laughs> school. Let's bring it back to fantasy football. Let's let's uh, let's let's get to know Aaron a little bit here. Aaron, uh, when you're not uh, crushing the Football Guys Players Championship, what are you doing for a living there in Oregon? Uh, I have a consulting business. I work on a variety of things. I guess uh, primarily in like the clean energy field. So I do a lot of uh, like development, kind of. Uh, project finance uh, advice, set up programs like energy efficiency retrofit programs with utilities and government, stuff like that. 
Now, normally Dave likes, after we ask this question, Dave always likes to selfishly ask some sort of follow-up that will benefit him either financially. Yeah, what's or, a good stock in that industry? Yeah, there, there, there you go. So so is that is that the follow-up yeah, question? sure. I'll ask him, what, what do you think, Aaron? What's a good stock that we should pick up in that field? As long as you're not yeah, under yeah. any uh, what, fiduciary conflict or whatever. No, I, I don't know. I gave up on that. Like I invested in a bunch of that clean tech stuff and then, you know, it all got wiped. It was like pre 2008 and it all got wiped out. I was just like, I'm, I'm done with that for now. So I just put all my free money into fancy football. I know that's a very wise investment. Very, very smart. Unless your name's Eric Ball, totally. in which case diversify, diversify, diversify. So um, Aaron, in addition to your uh, second place team, you also have a team that's another team that's four and oh, and you have a three and one team in the F- uh, football guys uh, players championship. Tell us a little bit about well, how well you were able to execute your draft strategy in those two leagues. Yeah, I mean, those two leagues, it's funny. I think I was just looking at that. Uh, you know, the, the other one that I'm 4-0 in, I, I have drafted C.J. Anderson in the first round, so I don't really know how uh, that results in a 4-0 team. But, you know, looking at it, I guess I was uh, – you know, I still went relatively heavy on wide receiver and tight end early. I think that – that's probably my biggest lesson playing in, uh, I guess, the FFPC or football guys was that first year I came in and, you know, kind of took a conventional running back heavy approach and felt like I just got wiped out. And, you know, over the years playing, I, I guess I've really bought into the whole zero running back strategy, more or less, the Sean Siegel Rotoviz kind of approach. And, uh, you know, I guess it, it served me well. I mean, you still got to hit the right players. Um, when you do that, but, uh, I'd say largely, you know, that was it. If I look at that, that league here, even, you know, I basically forfeit a first round pick on CJ, but I hit, you know, Chris Ivory in the sixth. Um, and then I was pretty active waiver wire on that one. I got Carlos Williams, who I really like and a couple other guys, but, um, and then the other one where I'm three and one, I actually loved that team coming in. I had Julio in the first, I had big Ben, Martavis Bryant. I had high hopes for that team, but that one's, uh, looking like it's going to be a struggle here for, at least until Big Ben's back, and who knows about Bryant now? Apparently, he's not even going to play on Monday. So, oh, he's not. Yeah, I we did not hear this. Oh, go ahead and and uh, tell the listeners. Break. Do we have a breaking news production that we can play? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you, Dave. Well, what, what is this breaking news on, on Martavis Bryant now playing Monday, Aaron? I don't know. I just jumped on my uh, my Draft Sharks app just before I got on. I was just killing some time, and so I got the the Draft Sharks like updates app or whatever, and uh, it was Martavis Bryant didn't practice all week, might not play. Some quote from from Mike Vick saying he hopes Martavis can play, but he's not sure. So I don't know. And I guess they don't have to list them. I saw this the other day. They don't they don't have to list them on the injury report because he's not even officially reinstated yet. Oh, for God's yeah, sake! Yeah, he's not even active roster yet. Playing game. Oh yeah. Okay. Here there we go, folks. Right. I'm looking at this is this is from the Observer reporter uh, in Pennsylvania. Looking more more like Martavis Bryant will remain on the Steelers' reserve suspended list. Maybe yeah. he got called again. Yeah. I, who knows? We're going to claim all the credit here, uh, Aaron. We broke it here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Those news. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. uh, interesting. Very good stuff. Well, Aaron, wait. You're, I'll tell you this. Interview's already been a huge success. You can pretty much mail in the rest of it. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, you will be re- uh, revered in, in – um, in uh, high stakes fantasy football, our lore is one of the greatest guests. Uh, let's talk about uh, the roster construction for the team that is in second place right now. You kind of talked about it with the, with the zero running back theorem. You had five wide receivers drafted by the end of round 10 
And then in rounds 12 through 16, that's five rounds, you want to running uh, with running back in each one of those rounds. Talk a little bit about that specific running back strategy or you pounded them in rounds 12 to 16 and why you drafted the way you did there. Yeah, you know, I did the, basically the same thing in the main event, uh, maybe even a little more aggressive where I didn't take a back until the sixth round at all. Like in this one, I took Ingram in the fourth, who I just thought was too good a value to pass up uh, in the fourth in that one. And then I hit a couple more receivers, but it just seems like, you know, it, it's a turnstile at running back every year. It, it just doesn't, it seems to be a, a constant, right? Change at the running back position is a constant. And so over the years, as I kind of studied the, the draft boards and how they lay out, it, it seemed for the most part, it's harder to hit uh, a, a real high upside wide receiver in those late rounds. But, you know, if you can just accrue volume of players uh, in those late rounds, odds are you can hit. Now, if I look at the, I'm looking at it right now, I, that draft board. I mean, the five players I drafted, I hit Lance Dunbar, who was good until he blew his ACL. Um, but the other guys I didn't really hit, but you know, you're just, I think you're hoping to hit, there's a whole host of guys this year, but Matt Jones is uh, David Johnson, um, Dion Lewis, you know, if you, if you're into it, I know in some, a couple drafts, I, I took James White cause I was hoping to get the Dion Lewis in those rounds. Um, you know, it's just guys like that. So, I, I basically, that's, that's been my approach. I feel like the, the receivers, elite receivers are pretty predictable in their production or at least their role on the team. And increasingly teams are just, you know, uh, doing the running back by committee and guys get hurt so often and, and you just never know. So, um, yeah, well, yeah I so far it's worked out. Talking about those running backs that got picked up, what's your opinion of Chris Johnson, who's actually now, you know, he was a waiver wire pickup for almost everybody, and now he's actually listed as a starter over Andre Ellington. Yeah, I mean, the guy looks good. He looks motivated. I can't remember, uh, you know, who I was listening to, maybe Sigmund Bloom or something on his podcast, but, you know, he was saying the guy actually looks like he cares, you know, now, like after he got some <laughs> big money and moved around, he, he was just kind of playing out there, but... Yeah, I mean, he looks good. You know, he was never on my radar. I guess usually I'm not going to take an old guy like that, to be honest. Uh, You know, so he was never somebody I even thought about taking. But, you know, he's a perfect example. I mean, he looks great. Arian seems to like him and trust him. Ellington always gets hurt. Uh, It's probably better in that complimentary role, you know, playing limited touches. So, you know, there's another example. I mean, Carlos Williams was a guy actually – jumped all over right before week one, I think on, on every FFPC team I could get them. And I paid too much in hindsight, I got so excited about them and it turned out, you know, I was a little bit ahead of the curve and wasted some of my money, but, um, <laughs> better, better yeah, not getting them at least. Yeah. I mean, totally. And now he's concussed or whatever, but I, you know, I just didn't believe in LaShawn McCoy. I, I never did with the hamstring. And, uh, you know, again, I think that's just a prime example of, you know, these, these high, you know, what was he, a second-round draft pick guy who a lot of miles on his tires, and, you know, he popped one. So so um, now let's talk about some young guys that are running back. Devonta Freeman, you took him in the eighth round of your FPC league that's in second place. Uh, Tevin Coleman's practicing again, but, you know, Freeman's been just crushing it. So what kind of numbers do you think Freeman puts up going forward? Do you think that Coleman really affects him much? I would think. I mean, you know, I don't think they want to run Freeman into the ground, right? If you're a if you're a coach or GM or something like that, it's a long season. I think they clearly found a guy who who you know has good vision. I mean, catches the ball amazing. That's one of the things he just great receiver out of the backfield. Uh, you know, a lot of knocks on him like preseason. I guess he was a guy that 
you know, I had on one of my dynasty teams, so I was a little bit biased when they drafted Coleman. I was like, oh, man. And then all the hype trains started with Tevin Coleman. And really the way I just tried to step back and look at that was that, you know, it's 50-50. We really don't know. But all, all the hype went to Coleman. And even looking at this draft board, you know, Coleman went in the seventh round, and I got Freeman in the eighth. And, uh, you know, it's a great situation of, like, you really don't know what these guys are going to do, but you do know that Kyle Shanahan loves to – you know, find a running back if you can. So I, I'd say, I mean, and again, the history there of Kyle and Mike Shanahan is if they find a guy, they like to stick with them. So I don't, I don't see them, you know, running to any kind of 50, 50 split with Tevin Coleman, as long as Freeman stays healthy and he stays productive, I would think, you know, Coleman gets maybe 25% of the touches or something like that. And, and spoiler alert, Dave, for our alphabet segment coming up later on in the show, yeah, maybe Coleman starts taking some touches away from Freeman. But if you are in the FFPC Daily Fantasy Championship this week and your name is Eric Balkman, you're not betting on Coleman making a big impact this week. Oh, uh, yes. Just a spoiler on my on my lineup. We're talking with Aaron Berg. He's in second place in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into week five. Aaron, you may not know this, but a guy that you picked up this week in uh, in one of your leagues, Sharkandrick West, was actually on our show before he signed with the Chiefs. Uh, what can you say about him and the Jamal Charles handcuff situation in general with Nile Davis? Yeah, I just noticed that, you know, that, that Davis hasn't seen the field in two weeks. Sharkhandrick West has been getting touches, and, you know, I just I picked him up for super cheap. I mean, those are the kinds of guys I like to look at on the waiver wire based on my, you know, philosophy that there's turnover. I mean, all it takes is an injury, right, to a guy like Charles, and all of a sudden – next man up could be a very productive back. So if he's next man up, uh, you know, based on the last two weeks and carries, then, then great. You know, I'm not rooting for Charles to get hurt or anybody to get hurt, but injuries happen. So I don't know a whole lot about him other than I just saw he was, you know, seeing a good amount of snaps and, um, how, why was he on your show? Do you guys like, <laughs> that, you know what? We are awesome. hold, on, hold on, hold on, Aaron. That's a question I ask every single day. Why would, why would this guy ever come on our show? No, but in all seriousness, this Dave, you know, this better than I do, but I think you, you, I was researching you, you, like dynasty camp. Right. I was watching some of the four days that were coming out and Sir Kendrick West and uh, Taylor Gabriel right. on the Browns zone. He's performing very well. He was also, they were both, you know, not really super highly rated prospects. I wasn't that aware of them, but they ran like, Four two something forties, whatever four three forties in the into the wind, whatever it was. But they they have really fantastic pro days. So I'm like, hey, we should hit this guy up. I mean, he's not really on the. No, radar. but that's not that's not you at mentioned him when you, when you were you were just tweeting out something oh, in general. Right, okay. You said like, oh, underrated running backs to look at in dynasty drafts, and yeah. then you at mentioned Charkandrick, uh twenty six or whatever. I think it's Charkandrick twenty six. And he only had like four hundred Twitter followers. At the and, time. and no, but but you misquoted his forty time or his broad jump oh, or yeah. something. Oh, and then and, and then he he tweeted back at you like, oh, actually, it was this. Yeah, it was like ten ten and 10, 10, 10. <laughs> and then you you just sort of like reached out to him like, hey, we do this show. Would you ever want to come on this show? Yeah. And then he came on. It was great. And then he, yeah, he you know he didn't get drafted, but then he got he signed with the Chiefs, which is very cool. Um, and and, and now we're he's very been excited. big big time in us the whole time. And you picked him up in <laughs> leagues. This I actually was, have. I, I, I picked him up in a couple it, of Kentucky leagues. And this not week. even like, yeah, and actually for a genuine reason, you know, instead of like, hey, here's the guy. Not initially, it wasn't genuine. No, you but I mean just, recently. Well, recently, yeah. But uh, Aaron, let me ask you this. Let's, you know, God forbid Charles goes down with an injury. Is Sharkandrick the man, or do you see more of a backfield split between West and Davis? 
Well, I heard what was I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Greg Cosell or something there, a fantasy guru, and and they were talking about that. That you know maybe they're giving Sharkandrick some some touches here, kind of as a change of pace, third down back. And if Charles went down, you could see Nile be like the early down back and Sharkandrick be the the third down back, and it very likely could be a split. I I would guess that it would be a split. I mean, how do you trust? You know, they clearly don't trust Nile Davis that much right now, or aren't aren't that stoked with them but you know I, I don't know that you trust an undrafted free agent rookie right out of the gates with a full workload so but maybe he works into that I don't know I, I would imagine it'd be some kind of split two packer also pointing out in the chat room he actually drafted Sharkandrick West in the big payback at the KFFSC this year so he's got a leg up on all of us uh, as it, always well except except actually on, in the standings because my team is 4-0 kicking the crap out of his team yeah, yeah, listen, he drafted West for the second half of the season. <laughs> Clearly, he knew, he knew what was going on. Aaron, um, everybody loved the Colts this year. You know, Andrew Locke, you know, you got all these receivers. It's great. Yeah, you didn't seem to draft him on your dominant FPC team. Any and, of the Colts. Any of the Colts, right. right. And uh, so you're looking like a genius at this point because they're terrible. So what do you think is <laughs> going on in Indy? And uh, do you think they're going to turn it around uh, next week in week six? I mean, I don't know. They looked decent last night, I guess, with Hasselbeck. I mean, they won again without luck in there. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I drafted a Colt in, in any of my football guys' tournaments. I think main event, I ended up taking Philip Dorsett in, like, the 15th. And then I was like, what the heck? In the 20th, I took Moncrief. So that's worked out fairly well for me. But that was just kind of the way the draft was flowing. But I'd say, you know, large part, uh, I'm not going to spend a second-round pick on a quarterback and or third really and that's where luck was going i never bought into the gore or andre johnson stuff where they were going you know rounds three to five or whatever and so and then hilton you know i like hilton but he's such a boom and bust player anyways even when he's everything is working you know he has 31 week and five the next i i don't really like those guys particularly when i have to spend late second early third round pick so i guess just based on that i avoid i just <clears throat> kind of just never looked at them. I didn't feel that they were, you know, good value. But then, you know, over the first four four weeks, I mean, it's clear the the interior of that offensive line is horrible. And I mean, Luck's getting sacked every play. I mean, it's no wonder he's hurt. You know, as many times he's been getting hit. So if they don't fix the line, I, I don't know that they're really going to turn things around. Aaron, you own uh, three different dynasty teams in the FFPC as well uh, that that we you know touched on in your introduction. What what are you doing as far as um, and I know some of the FFPC dynasty leagues are more active with trading than others. Um, but what are you doing as far as trades uh, in in those leagues right now? Are you actively seeking to improve your roster, or is four weeks of football just simply not enough of a sample size to sort of make? sweeping changes on, on a, on a dynasty team. Uh, what, what's, what's your opinion on that? How have things been going on the trade front there? I think the only trade I've made that was last week was I just, I dumped Peyton Manning and I just put him up and said, I had Mariota and Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor in my 1250 league. It's a pretty good team. And I'm just like, I just, I don't need Peyton Manning's anybody want him. I got one offer for him, which was a, I got Sam Bradford and a third for Peyton Manning and a fifth. So I just grabbed that, and Bradford had a good week. Um, but overall, I'd say, it, you know, those dynasty leagues are tough, man. Guys have very strong opinions about players, and that's typically why those players are on their team. And so right now, after, you know, week four or five, 
it's pretty tough to to make moves because guys aren't really seemingly ready to let go of their you know prospects um i think you got to really wait it seems like it gets more active you know once you kind of crest over maybe week eight uh seven eight and guys know if they're done for the year they're not in the running so they might want to start trying to accrue draft picks or talent and they'll move some of their players um and then you know if you want to go and do the whole buy low like let's say mike evans like if you went and tried to get mike evans right now i haven't but my guess is anybody who has mike evans would treat him you know uh, as the same value as he was preseason even though he hasn't performed so there's really it's not that sensitive you know it's a bunch of smart guys uh playing those leagues I, i haven't done much to be honest Sometimes I think in, in those dynasty leagues, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily true on the high stakes level, but I think, you know, some of the dynasty leagues we participate in, nobody would ever admit to this, Dave, but I, people treat their players like their kids. You know, like if, yeah. if, they're, if they're underperforming and they're struggling and, and somebody lowballs an offer, they're insulted because it's like, why would you, how could you ever think that way about my child like why would you ever put him at that level and then you know what if your player is totally overperforming you're beaming like a proud father like that's my boy i told y'all he was gonna crush it and he is you know what i mean and it makes trades very like like aaron's saying trades very difficult to get done at that point i I have a good example that last season i i I traded away julio jones in the off season because i was like i'm gonna rebuild I know he's going to be a stud this year. I love him. It took him all over the place, but I, I wanted to you know maximize the value, and I just I had to restructure my team. And I had a trade going, and, and I ended up doing it. And I just wanted those guys to throw in Reuben Randall. I was like, just, you know, Reuben Randall. And they were like, we don't view him as a throw-in player. We still think he's great and all this upside. And I'm like, you know, that's that's awesome, but he's just – he's Reuben Randall, right? Like, <laughs> just throw him in. Always will be. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? But did, did you get that trade done with those people, or did you do it with somebody else? No, I did with those guys, and they ended up throwing in Ruben Randall. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I didn't get money. I'm like, just give me something, maybe. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah. And, and we, yeah, we, they came around. They, I, I, I talked them into it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Ruben Randall is the vig of dynasty <laughs> trades. All right. <laughs> So um, speaking of guys that are underperforming, like Ruben Randall generally does, how about Jimmy Graham, <laughs> um, your top team this year? I got to tell you, let me just interrupt you for a second, Dave. You are just dominating the hell out of these segues last oh, couple of weeks I, on the show. Right. Oh, yeah, I meant to tell you after last week on the show, you're doing great. And I know I've ruined it because once you <laughs> point out that it's a segue, it's no longer a segue. You're just crushing. So hey, keep you know, it up. 200 episodes in Vulcan. <laughs> that, Probably that's all it's about a little bit. Beautiful. Jimmy Graham, go. So do so, you think the training for the better, or are the Seahawks just complete, total, and utter morons for trading for this guy and getting, giving away one of their offensive linemen for him? Well, I mean, that, that's, it looks like they're morons right now. I mean, Russell Wilson can't even, you know, stand back there. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It seems like they're, they really got to – I doubt they expected their line to be this bad. I doubt they expected Marshawn Lynch to be out for three games or whatever it is now. Um, I think they're probably struggling to, to redefine themselves. I mean, I think last week, uh, you know, one positive was that Jimmy Graham was lined up as a receiver or not in a blocking tight end role like 90% of the time. So I think they're having to figure out how to move them, move them around. I I really like Russell Wilson, as you can see. I mean, I got him on this team. Um, my main event team is actually pretty similar to this. Remember, Dave, I told you down in Vegas, I took DeAndre Hopkins in the second. 
uh, in the yep. main event. I took him. I took him in the third on this team, right? This one that I'm in second place, and I went Julio, Jimmy, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, in the main event, I ended up flipping that. Went DeAndre Hopkins in the second because higher on him than Jimmy fell all the way to the end of the third. So I took him because I because I like him, but. Yeah, it's been a little frustrating. Um, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I, I believe in in Pete Carroll, I guess, as a coach, and Russell Wilson as a, a good, accurate quarterback. He just needs a little bit more time, and I think they need to figure out, you know, how to adjust their schemes away from this kind of power running or, you know, zone running scheme into something a little different to, to get him the ball. Because, yeah, I mean, you give up the, the center and draft picks. I mean, why'd you bring him in if you're not going to try to get the ball in his hands? So. Well, this, this is the funniest thing to me about this whole situation. I was talking about this on the Monday night uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And this is the, the trade that if these general managers didn't have egos, I think they should just actually call trade backs and like you do right. with your kids and trade them both back. Because both, you know, the Saints offense is terrible. They, have no, they don't have any pass catchers. They're missing Jimmy Graham. The Seahawks offensive line isn't as good. And they don't even need Jimmy Graham. They don't even use him correctly like, to, to use his skill set. Right. So it was the dumbest trade. They should just call trade backs. And be done with it. No, that'd be great. I could see Straybacks, that. we're calling it. The headline, New Orleans <laughs> Times Picayune. Gives these backseats. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> you know what? I kind of poo-pooed. You should tweet it. When, when you tweet would, it to both teams. Nah, like, you guys are, you know. we, we, we'd have to come up with some sort of, like, newspaper meme, to, <laughs> or as you call them, memes. <laughs> I don't call them memes. Yeah, every time I, call, I mention a meme to you, you're always like, oh, a mem. Yeah, I do that for fun. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying you don't know how it's pronounced. You just always call them that. But we would need that. I mean, if we're going to tweet something like that, it should be. Well, you actually say the word aunt, aunt. Like, I've, 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 yeah, listen. So, I mean, that you do that on purpose. According to m-w.com, that's changed. So, now I've, I, I was actually talking to my daughter tonight, and I said, did you have fun with your aunt tonight? I did yeah. not call her an aunt. Okay, great. Call her name. You also, wow. You've now moved Correct. on to the ha-ha instead of LOL. So I appreciate uh, that, that. As most of the texting world has, yeah, by the way. The, I feel like I was behind no, the curve on that. The millennials are doing that now, so you're following I'm all about, listen, there's a lot of problems <laughs> I have with the millennials. There's a, there's a pro- lot of problems I have with the millennials. That is not one of them. So Aaron, if you're responding to text, it's ha-ha-ha now instead of LOL. Just ha-ha. No, no well, LOL. Two, ha-ha. two ha's. All right, got Yes. It. Aaron, uh, a couple of emails that came in, not texts, so I'll be able to read these on the air. The first one's uh, Chris in Norwalk, uh, Connecticut. Hello, Aaron. I'm not sure if you own Doriel Green Beckham anywhere, but are you making sure he makes it through your bi-week gauntlets without getting cut, or is it fool's gold to stash him on redraft rosters? Thank you for the email, Chris, in Norwalk, Connecticut. So, Aaron, DGB coming off the bye week um, Maybe they got more of the playbook in his head. He's more in tune with what's going on with the offense. Uh, is he a smart guy to stash on your roster if you have the space? Uh, yeah, I've got him on a few leagues. Uh, let's see here. I've got him on this team that I'm four and oh, not the second place team, but the other one. And I, I might even have him, uh, on my second place team. Yeah. He's, he's a prime candidate of guys. I love the stash, right? Uh, I don't have him. I have on the, this one, I have Devin Smith. I picked him up a couple of weeks ago thinking, you know, maybe he comes in and, and does something, but yeah, I, I think green Beckham's great. I mean, Mariota's great. Um, the stuff I read about down in Tennessee is just Daryl Green Beckham being out of football his senior year in college. Like he's really struggling with the playbook and where to line up, you know, and, <clears throat> but he did burn what Vontae Davis and I don't remember the other corner for touchdowns on fade routes. I mean, the dude's got the the size and ability. So yeah, if they can bring him along and, and get him in there, I, I love it. I mean, he's a great guy to stash. I had him on one of my Kentucky teams, and I'm regretting cutting him, but I think I can pick him back up. Uh, 
hopefully. Uh, final email for you tonight, Aaron. Joe in Boston, Mass. Would you be playing Anthony Dixon or Dan Heron in any of your lineups this week? I have Shady and Carlos Williams hurt. Jay Stu and Ivory on by and need someone to pair with Fat Eddie Lacey. Other options on my roster are Chris Thompson and James Starks. Thanks for the email, Joe. So apparently what he's asking here, Aaron, um, he owns Chris Thompson and James Starks. Would you start either one of those guys this week, or would you try to pick up Dixon or Dan Heron and start those uh, as your uh, second running back if you were Joe in Boston? Uh, if I was myself or Joe in Boston, I would absolutely 100% without a doubt start Chris Thompson and not even worry about Booby Dixon or Boom Heron. Um, and Chris Thompson actually was I, – I, I, when I got on, I heard you guys talking about Washington Redskins. Uh, those are definitely some of my sleepers for this week. Chris Thompson, just to give you a little more on that, I think Atlanta, they're playing Atlanta. Atlanta has basically given up 10 receptions to running backs per game this season. Wow. <laughs> like, look look at that. Yeah. Lance Dunbar and, 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 had, 10, had 10 for 100 in that game. Sproles had seven, and Ryan Matthews had three in that game. Uh, every one of them, the Giants, Vereen had seven and Rashad Jennings had two or three, like, so Chris Thompson's that, you know, clear role in the offense of receiving back. I'd definitely start him. I like that. That's great analysis. So, um, before we let you go, we're going to ask you for a sleeper starter for week five and a stud player that you would consider benching this weekend as well. Um, none of the injured guys, please. Yeah. Or guys on bye. <laughs> right. Well, my, uh, sleeper starter was was going to be Chris Thompson. Um, so we already talked about him. I, I oh, heard good. you guys talking to. I think Crowder. I think Crowder and Carrier. That that Redskins is interesting. The way there's those three guys that are like all kind of sleeper worthy starters. Um, I also think Beasley's interesting. Cole Beasley, um, basically because Lance Dunbar's gone. I mean, you would think somebody's going to get his catches, and I'm not convinced that it's going to be Kristen Michael. I know everybody wants that. Um, or any of the running backs. They may just actually feed those to Beasley. So I think Beasley and PPR is a is a good sleeper start, too. Nice. I like it. Interesting. What about a uh, stud to bench? Well, you know, I'm kicking around. You guys are you're kicking my boy Jimmy here, but I'm I'm thinking I might have <laughs> to sit Jimmy. Um I, I don't know what they I don't know what they can do in Cincinnati, you know, like that that could be I mean the Seahawks could maybe only score two field goals in that whole game. I don't know. Yeah. Jimmy Graham, I like it. And uh, Aaron, uh, from the chat room, not, I'm not going to tell you who is listening to this interview, uh, but he wants me to tell you that uh, currently in the chat room listening to you, it's the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan that you know, and he wants to say, how about them 1990s Cowboys? Who is it? The biggest, and it may or may I, not I have, be your first cousin, uh, Greg. Greg Schaefer. That is correct, yeah, my friend. No, so, so Greg, Greg hanging Greg out. Schaefer, in, he he listens to the Greg. You listen to this? What is going on? Don't worry, he'll only listen to it once. Yeah, no, that's that's hilarious. First, we get a lot of first time, last time people. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how all the calls start. Hey guys, mediocre show. First time, last time. He, he lives in Wisconsin, so maybe it's only Wisconsin people that listen to your guys' uh, podcast. That would not well, shock well, me. Well, well, we're actually branching out to, to River Falls this week. Normally, it's just northeast Wisconsin, and then that's it. Uh, Aaron, listen, man, this was awesome hanging out with you, talking fantasy football tonight. I want to wish you best of luck 
uh, the rest of the way, not only with your football guys teams, at your main event, all your dynasty teams as well. We're going to follow you on Twitter at DAS underscore Berg at Dasberg. And thanks a lot, man. Really appreciated you coming on tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Thanks. Have a good night. Aaron Berg of oh I forgot to ask him Cut Bush is his team team name in in all of his leagues. Oh, I want to know could, what, that's what just the, like five possible meanings there. What the significance of that was? I normally don't like to get into the whole team name, like what does it mean aspect. Maybe ever he likes since the, like landscaping. Yeah, what kind? <laughs> let's just move on. Sorry to say, landscaping. <laughs> let's just is that move what you on. said? Okay, all let's right. Move on. Move on. Okay, so let's. I, I feel like we've reversed roles. I like I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> really? I don't think I've ever made you uncomfortable on this show. Before. That was pretending. Uh, anyway, Dave, let's get to tonight since I still don't have sound for it. Thanks get the initials. Uh, tonight's HSFF, HFFPC, DFS, FC, FDLA segment. Would you like to go first? Oh, you can go first this time. All right, yeah, I'm going to go I'm first. I'm a little cocky, bulky, so I'm right. actually going to I'm going to throw out an interesting lineup. Okay, here. well, I have an interesting one for you as well. This is our annual uh, FanDuel advice for the FFPC Daily Fantasy Championship that you can sign up for via the link that we put in the FFPC email via the link on our Twitter feed. It's a private or on contest. Our, uh, My Teams page too. Uh, the My Teams page that you can find the link there. The, uh, the the contest is private. It's limited to 425 entries. We only got 332 last week, so the ROI on it was really, really good. Even if it fills up, it's still 120%. $25 can get you a main event entry. It can get you into the uh, Week 12 final. The top three people get in the Week 12 final every single week. And $13,000 in prizes every single week. Dave finished fourth last week. Two weeks ago, I finished ninth. We need fresh blood in there to start kicking our butt. And can I we, got my we, butt kicked last week. But on a, just, just to make it clear, we, don't have, we, we had no inside data whatsoever. Uh, maybe you don't. <laughs> Did you get it? Oh yeah. You got the you got the CSP oh, file. Yeah, me and Ethan Haskell, man, <laughs> we're just we're super tight. Like that guy. Well, why, why didn't you do as well? You, you must have gotten the. the he, he gave me the dummy one. I got the Phil Steele Wade <laughs> phones last week. You know what it is? It's uh, it's like an Animal House. Was that Animal House where they 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 raid the dumpster for the carbon for the test so that that the whole <laughs> oh, Delta yeah, house yeah. can pass. So great. I got the wrong carbon. He gave me the wrong carbon. carbon he for got the final from yeah, last year. Yeah, so there you go. So I will go first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay, so starting off with my quarterback at home in Arrowhead against the Chicago Bears, Alex Smith, baby. Give me a lot of that. Sixty nine hundred. Thank you very much. In the backfield, I went with a couple of studs this week, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman, which I kind of alluded to earlier. Le'Veon Bell, 9000 so I'm paying through the news for that. And Devontae Freeman, 7600 I wanted to get strong running backs this week, so I, I feel nice. like I achieved it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I got Julio Jones as well to kind of cover my basis. Wow. Yeah. I'm interested to see the rest of this. $9,200 uh, for Julio Jones. So, and, and I'm kind of violating something when you're trying to win. You don't want the running back and the receiver for the same team. I just feel like that, that Washington-Atlanta game, it's a lot of points for Atlanta in that game. So I feel like I'm covered if I have Freeman and Julio. And then I get my hookup, Jeremy Macklin with Alex Smith. So I love that. Uh, hopefully they can connect on it with a couple of touchdowns and really put me up there. And this is where I, I got cheap. If you want Devontae, Julio, and Le'Veon Bell, you got to be cheap somewhere. So at home against the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens' number one receiver this week, yeah. Kamar Aiken. That's nice. I got him in a few spots. $5,800 for Kamar Aiken. Hopefully he gets like 10 to 12 targets. And I'll tell you what. That's if, nice value. If he puts up like six for 70 or six for 80, I'd be totally thrilled. I'll, I'll leave him off the team I'm going to give you. I'll be tickled pink, Dave, if he, uh, if he hits that. 
Charles Clay is my tight end for $5,700 at Tennessee. I don't know how well Buffalo is going to be able to run the ball there with, uh, you know, Booby Dixon and, and uh, probably no Dan Heron. Probably no Watkins. Probably no Watkins. Yeah. Probably no Harvin. So, I mean, this, I mean, honestly, could be Clay. a really, really Clay good week day. for Charles Clay. Uh, Cairo Santos, who kicked, I believe the final number was 19 field goals last week. Hopefully yep. he can hit half that number this week. And then the Giants at home against the San Francisco 49ers, whose offense looked terrible and is traveling across three time zones to play 4, the Giants. 4,300 dirt cheap. So that is my lineup. Alex Smith, nice squad. Alex Smith, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, Jeremy Macklin, Kamar Aiken, Charles Clay, Cairo Santos, New York Giants. Dave, go. I'm going to go backwards, actually, Balky, because, you know, okay. that's for last, right? So I'm going to, um, defense, I want, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens at home against Cleveland, 4,500. Uh, Steven Goskowski, I'm paying up a little bit uh, for the New England. Uh, By the way, we have seven minutes left in the show, so don't feel like you have to rush. All right, New England uh, kicking game, 5,000 bucks there. So Goskowski and the Ravens? Yep. Okay. Martellus Bennett at tight end, actually. Uh, Noah Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I think that could be good. I do know Kansas City has a pretty good tight end defense, but I think Bennett's going to be really the only guy that Cutler throws to. Right, if uh, it is Cutler, by the way. Oh, that was the other thing that I had to do in Kentucky is he's questionable. And I had somebody on a buy in Romo, and I picked up Cutler. This is against Duckworth, by the way. You're interrupting the flow of my team. Sorry. So I picked up um, – I don't even know who I picked up. I put a bunch of dollar bids in on quarterbacks, but I'm hopefully, hopefully I got Vic. So if Cutler's out, I might be playing Vic this week against oh. Duckworth. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That'll be fun. Anyway. All right. I went with uh, two different Jay Joneses here. James Jones for uh, – what is he at? 6,400. Yeah, I thought about game. that too. Uh, and then Julio, spending it up just like you are on 9,200 there. Mm-hmm. Vincent Jackson, actually, for uh, 6,800 is one of my other receivers. They crushed it last week. He had a great week last week. Uh, I'm uh, going with Jamal Charles at one of my running back spots. I think that, you know, Bears' defense is pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, going a little bit off the grid here, and a team that – I'm thinking that the Rams might actually be kind of competitive against Green Bay. I think they're in a little bit of a flat spot. Mm-hmm. Taking Todd Gurley yeah. at running back. I think Gurley's still undervalued considering his talent level. And pairing up – I'm actually doing it, Balky. Tupac will be happy about this. Yeah. I took uh, Jameis Winston, a quarterback, to, to pair up with uh, V-Jax. I thought about Winston this week, too. At home against Jacksonville. I think they might, you know, interceptions aren't that heavily penalized. So, um, you know what? Even though he throws a ton of them, I think he might actually have some touchdowns. This is Jacksonville, right? That they're playing? Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, like, that could be a really – that could end up working out because, I mean, how many people are actually going to want to play Jameis Winston? This yeah, exactly. His ownership is going to be way, way, way well, down. I'm hoping it's low, so we'll see. Um, I read in the football guys email today and I don't, I, I mean, this obviously hasn't changed the way I, I feel uh, about my roster, but you know who the most owned player was in the Thursday night FanDuel mm-hmm. uh, contest. He's on my team and he's a running back uh, and he's not Le'Veon Bell. Devonte Freeman. Oh really? The most owned player. Wow, that's pretty nice. I didn't, I didn't read that. I want to read that article. I always read it every week. Well, it wasn't an article. It was just the, don't think of the, the player owned percentages. Or no? Well, in, if you, if you download the Daily Crusher app, which I highly oh, recommend okay. for uh, weeks two and three of the NFL season, not so much week four, yeah. um, and hopefully week five, uh, it'll give you projected. Oh, it'll give you like the projected ownership percentages, but then after Thursday, it'll basically give you the ownership. See, that's percentages. what's so funny is everyone's getting all bent out of shape about this whole controversy, and football guys is putting out articles and doing content about yeah. this, which is effectively almost the same as what's actually out. Right. Anyway, that's the point. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move on. I have a college football lineup. If you want that tomorrow. Well, we can get into that. I don't uh, even know the name. I don't even know these guys, so let's just skip it. Well, it might be interesting because I I I want to. I need to it's for the re- redeem myself after my right, performance of my poor performance in college football daily last week. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up. I was again. I was talking with Corey Erdman on the Fantasy Sports Network about this um, yesterday. 
What do you think about Roddy White? As, as and not not so much in a in the FFPC contest, but if you're playing one of the crazy huge like you know Sunday Million or whatever on FanDuel, what what about him? At Roddy White as as just like a uh, throw it out there type play. Now I brought this up. How often you you actually taught me this? You said how often does a does a guy come out complain about not getting the ball, and then the following week they're just peppering him and pumping the ball where, wherever they can. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, I mean, that's for the elite type players. I mean, Roddy White looks like he might be falling off a cliff. And I, this, he's a player I actually picked up in waivers in, on Wednesday night. In yeah. yeah, I noticed, I noticed that. I was going to – I paid 127 bucks. That was in off. Kentucky auction, right? Some, whatever. I think it was because you all, you all bid us on And we needed – again, now we're starting either Robert Woods or Sammy Watkins this week, allegedly. It was a lot better a few years ago in Kentucky auction where I just managed the waivers for both teams. Yeah, but I, <laughs> that is – not even I'm true kidding. whatsoever. Don't don't <laughs> perpetrate that. Why, why, especially now. Especially now. Why would you know? Like, why would you even just? I mean, it's it's. Listen, I'm. Look, we didn't win those leagues anyway. Listen, and I really didn't do it. I, I'll tell you this, Ethan Haskell, best man at my wedding. <laughs> so that that is 100% true. Uh, but this other nonsense that you're bringing up is is simply ridiculous. I'm sorry. Can you go over your lineup? You didn't really recap it. Oh right? yeah. So. Uh... And did you say prices too? People always love the yeah. prices. <clears throat> okay. Um, Start with quarterback. Uh, Sheamus at sixty four hundred. That's pronounced Jameis. Paul uh, Charles ninety one hundred. Todd Gurley sixty seven hundred. Julio ninety two hundred. James Jones sixty four hundred. Bjax at sixty eight hundred. Martellus Bennett fifty nine hundred. Gaskowski for five grand. Ravens for forty five hundred. And of course, uh, side bet on this will be five dollars. Who finishes higher in the FFPC contest between big, big the two money, lineups? Big money. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up. It's interesting with the Julio James Jones thing that you have paired this week in your FanDuel lineup. I had the same thing last week to uh, your detriment. Yes. And you know, what's funny is like, I was looking at it today and I'm like, ah, James Jones, man, like he really did awesome for me last week. I should put him in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, I, I just found, and I really don't have a good reason not to. Well, you know, you have oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, and then don't Julio, Julio Jones, I'm going nice. to start plugging you in a very, second. Very Julio Jones. I'm like, Man, that guy sucked last week. Devontae <laughs> Freeman stole everything from him. There's no reason I should play him this week. And you know what? I never really never thought about not playing him. Yeah. Like he was just always going to be in there no matter what. Between, awesome. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with, uh, with uh, you know, our lineups this week. I feel good about mine. Um, but, hey, that's why they play the games. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it uh, for our show again this week. Number 201 in the books. Full steam ahead to... Uh, episode 300, which our producer uh, Rob and I were talking today, that might happen during draft season in um, 2017. Wow, I'm sure we're going to be very excited about yeah, that. Yeah, we're already planning it out, man. Whew. Uh, I want to oh, thank boy. I want to thank Aaron Berg for coming on the show tonight. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at das underscore berg. That's at das berg. I want to thank uh, Snickers. I want to thank Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC. Our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce, and most of all, all of our listeners. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, play the FFPC Daily Championship on FanDuel. You can register for that on your My Teams page at myffpc.com. You can check out the uh, FFPC email that went out today. You can also check out the FFPC Twitter feed. We'll be tweeting that link out all weekend. Sign up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Compete against me and Dave and crush us. Because really, that's what fantasy football is all about. Enjoy week five, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now.
This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Rizzo, go!